It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. We call this our Scattered Thunderstorm season, as we release one episode each week in anticipation of our exciting winter daily podcast series starting January 17th. To learn more about our training programs or to support this podcast, visit ellerslie.com. So Eric, we have started a 12-week series doing one episode every single week, kind of in between our fall series and the series that we are launching mid-January for our winter series. Yes. And so we've been walking through just some practical ways or practical truths that every Christian needs right now for the days in which we live. Mm-hmm. The one we're actually going to be talking about today is this idea of hope and a future and not just being pressed down by news. I don't know about you, but news is it's always been depressing and i mean the way to get you to watch the news is oh no the sky is falling and then tomorrow the sky is falling again in other <laughs> words they have to do the hype yeah. and and the depressive stories because yeah. good news stories apparently doesn't sell so yeah. you listen to news today and it's everything's miserable yeah but could you explain why that's so detrimental to just our spiritual lives well i think it's interesting that the gospel itself is called good news And it's also a tremendous contrast to think that what God wants us to share, what God wants us to meditate upon, what God wants us to rehearse, what God wants us to disciple in, all these things, it's good news. And so when you focus on bad news, it has a a destructive quality to it, which dims your perspective, it dims your vision for the future. There's a lot of young kids right now in the church I'm not saying I'm not saying this isn't true about the older people in the church too, but just think about the impact on the younger kids that have no sense of a future ahead of them. They they've been listening to their parents' conversations in the kitchen about how bad it is out there, how it's getting worse, and how we're surely heading towards the end. Okay, and so and I'm not saying that that's not true. However, the meditation of the Christian isn't dark. It never has been. God doesn't say, think on these things. You know, the disasters around you, you know, the sickness and the disease around you, you know, what the devil's doing. He doesn't say that. He gives a completely different sort of list. And that's actually what our minds are supposed to be fixed on. And when we take this very precious territory known as our thought life and fix it on the things of this earth instead of what God's doing in heaven. I mean, how many of us would read the newspaper that came out of heaven every day and which is ironically called the word of God, but God releases his statement of what he's doing in the world. It's like, that's not very exciting, right? Well, what's, what's the world doing over here? That's what we have a natural instinct to crave. It's like the gossip column, uh, the inquirer, inquiring minds want to know. Curiosity slowing. There's an accident on the side of the road and everyone slows down and sort of just wants to see it. It's a morbid curiosity and it kills us. So one of the things I've noted in my life, and I'm not sure if you know this is straight across the board comparable with all of us, or some of us are impacted differently than others. I'm guessing that's probably the case. But for me, I've had a tough time knowing how to balance being a leader and knowing what's going on in the world with being a leader and having a triumphant attitude to share with the church of Jesus Christ. Because what does the church need from me? Information about what's going on in the world? Or do they need to know what God says about it? What God's perspective is on it? What's he's, what, what, is, what is the one enthroned in heaven doing right now, Eric? You know, as the, as the kings take their stand, the nations conspire against him. Yeah, thanks for asking. He's laughing and he's holding them in derision. 
You see, that's what the body of Christ needs to know. They need to have a heavenly mindset. And I feel like we are very vulnerable to losing our sense of hope and future. That's so true. I know that, at least for my life, one of the things I've noticed is that whatever I focus and meditate upon, it always grows. Yeah. So if I fear and I forebode, then my life becomes overwhelming and I see everything in the light of fear and foreboding. If, if I set my mind on things above, as, as like Philippians 4, 8 would say, then it, it is amazing how it doesn't give you a rose-colored glasses, but it gives you truth yeah. through which to see everything through and it actually gives you a peace. Yeah. In other words, I don't, I don't have to look at the future and be fearful because I begin to recognize that Jesus is who he is and God is sitting upon the throne and that has never changed. That's right. So it's such a great uh, buoyancy to the soul to, if I could use the old fashioned term that like Jonathan Edwards and Leonard Ravenhill used all the time, when we stamp eternity upon our eyeballs, it is amazing to realize, you know what, I may be going through difficulty or hardship and the world may seemingly be going crazy and yet I can actually rest and live in peace with great hope because I know what lies ahead. I know who my God is. I know that he is working all things for good. I Mm -hmm. I realize that God is in the middle of all this. Uh, This summer, or not summer, the fall, uh, in the midst midst of your uh, Stanley Dell series, Mm -hmm. there's this great character, uh, Dr. Jaffrey, that kind of had a great illustration of this. Would you even mind pulling that out? Because I remember as you guys were talking, you and Leslie, there was such a great, like, yeah, whatever that is, that's what I want. Yeah in my life. Sometimes we just need examples. Like in the last episode we did, uh, we were talking about just sort of that enabling grace. You know, Phil Masters is going to see Stan Dale die. And he's going to die so triumphantly. And it enables, it like empowers Phil Masters to die triumphantly. And both Phil Masters is going to have a triumphant death. However, it's almost a direct result of seeing someone else die well. Mm-hmm. Many of us haven't seen someone die well. We haven't seen someone live well. (laughs) How do you live in the midst of this time? And in a sense, that lands on each of us. Well, Nathan, you should show the world how a Christian is supposed to live in such a time as this. Instead of look around and say, how's everyone else living? Oh, that's how I need to live. Anxious, fearful, uh, angry, upset, uh, reviling those that oppose me, dehumanizing everyone that has an opposite vantage point. No, 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 that's not going to set a good example for us to live properly. So there's this illustration that sort of gives a model to us. It's like, so what do you do in the middle of crunch time? What would a Christian do when all turns black, the lights go out? How would he respond? And so here we have R.A. Jaffrey, Dr. R.A. Jaffrey, who's sort of at this time in 19, let's just say 1939, 1940, right in there, right at the... Uh, the advent of when the Japanese are going to enter World War II, which is going to be, what, 1941. And so I guess it's somewhere right in the early 40s that this is happening. The Japanese have, uh, so Hitler is now in control of Europe, and the Japanese have controlled the Pacific. So if you look at it on the map, like right now we look at the world and it seems like they're all in cahoots to take us down the toilet, right? It's like everything seems to be going bad. But in World War One, they felt that. In World War Two, they felt that. And it's really hard to have a future and a hope when you feel that Hitler uh, is ruling the world and Hirohito is controlling the Pacific. But then there's Dr. Jaffrey, who's an old man at the time, and he's in house arrest. And if he leaves the house, he's going to be shot by the Japanese. So... <laughs> If there was ever a time to be a little anxious, it'd be something like this. You know what they have? Back then, they had no way of even getting food. They're in house arrest. They can't go out. And for clarity, they're in Papua New Guinea. Yes. Or Erin Ir- Jaya. Yeah, I should have added time. that. That might be helpful. Uh, and, yeah. <laughs> I just presume everyone's listened to my series this fall. Uh, but yeah, so they're in, they're in the, the Pacific where the Japanese are. And it's not a friendly situation. 
And this man is, so Darlene Dibler, who writes the story in the book, Evidence Not Seen, is comes comes into the room and there's Dr. Jaffe, almost like he's sleeping because he's just sort of muttering to himself. But he's dreaming, in a sense. He's dream, It's a spiritual dream. He's dreaming about when this war is over, how the people groups in Arian Jaya that they need to reach. And so he's, Lassie, come here. And he tells her all of his dreams. And she is so bewildered and she's seen a model of something because in the midst, she's so concerned about her marriage, her husband, who's been taken to a concentration camp, her own health, how's, how are they going to survive? How are they going to get food today? And he's dreaming about reaching the lost. What are we dreaming about right now? Or have we lost our dreams? You see, the spirit of God never stops dreaming. He has a design and a desire to reach the world for Jesus. And as a result, it's high time we stop thinking about what the world is wanting us to think about and think about what God is thinking about. We need to be dreaming dreams along with God. And so we know that he wins. We know that he turns all that the enemy means for evil into a powerful good. So therefore, why don't we dream along with that? God, how are you going to turn this? God, I want to reach these people. God, I want you to be seen in this earth. We need to participate in his dreams. Amen. And I think we forget as well that it's oftentimes when things seem the darkest, that that's actually the open door for the gospel. That That's the open door for the advancement of the church. That That's the, actually the open door. So we look at it from a selfish perspective oftentimes, and we fear and we tremble because we re, we realize what that means for me practically, how it affects me, yeah. uh, which is just pride and <laughs> selfishness, which is called sin yeah. uh, in, in the Bible. And so rather than looking at it from that perspective, what if I would say, okay, God, what is your heavenly vision for this time in which we live? In other words, okay, I don't like masks and I don't like mandates and I don't like, but yet could this be an open door for the gospel that the world has never seen before? And we forget that God, even even if the enemy is strategizing, God has a better strategy behind it all. Could you give a practical in this whole thing in terms of what does it mean for us in this generation, in the season in which we live? to hope and a vision and to dream those God dreams. One of the things that Leslie's granddad said to her that I still today hold as a cherished perspective and truth. And he said, um, Christians oftentimes go one, one of two ways. They live only short term because they think the world's coming to an end. So they live as if the world is ending. So they don't live with a long-term perspective, which actually destroys their life oftentimes. And uh, or they live as if Christ isn't coming back and they don't take seriously the commission that we have. And he said, what about living as if Jesus could come back today, but with the expectation you're going to live a long, full life now, live that out for Jesus. And I think that really helps, practically speaking, is that for those of you that in the audience that would be thinking, the world's over. I, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. I'm just going to hole up, build my bomb shelter and just sort of suck my thumb. That is not what the Holy Spirit would be leading you to do right now. If the world was coming to an end, actually what you should do is go out and share Jesus boldly and aggressively because, hey, we have little time. But then the other option uh, is to live as if Jesus isn't coming back is just as dangerous. To lose that heavenly vision or that that eternity stamped on the eyeballs is just as dangerous for the Christian to always recognize that today matters, this moment matters, and I want to live it fully for Jesus, and I want to live right with him, and I want to live close with him. I want to walk in stride with him. And it's the combination of the two that I think has a tremendous impact, an enriching impact on our life. I I want to live I want my kids to have a vision 
to change the world long after whatever COVID season we're in. I heard, you know, I saw some news thing the other day that popped up on my computer when I opened up my browser and it was like, this is no longer just the COVID season. Now this is like the COVID decade. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate <laughs> that input. I don't need that. That, you know, that, that, that oppressive thing that is always being pressed upon us. Yeah. I want my kids living with the fact that it doesn't matter if COVID is still lingering, if masks are still man, it doesn't make any difference. We have a job to do here. Jesus is going to win this thing. Let's be a part of what he's doing. He has a grand storyline that he's telling. I want to be a part of that. So let's do this thing. Amen. Eric, you uh, recently gave a message that took this whole idea even deeper. And I would encourage if, if someone's listening, they're just like, I need to be grounded in just truth. I need to be grounded in that heavenly perspective. I would I would encourage them to consider you know, joining us for an upcoming training, which will be, which will start next summer mm-hmm. or, or our, uh, our online training, which we'll be doing again this upcoming year. But you had a sermon specifically on this. Could you give the, just the title yep. just so they can go find that on Ellerslie? Yeah, it's one of the, I think it was a Daily Thunder session called The Dreamer of Dreams. So it was about R.A. Jaffrey uh, too. So I think if you search Dreamer of Dreams or you went to the, uh, the Stanley, Daring to Do a Stanley Dale series, you'd catch that one. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. To learn more about our training programs or to support this podcast, visit us at ellerslie.com. Thanks for listening.